The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start this festive episode by welcoming back the first person I can see under me in the video, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Oh, man, I am doing great. You know, not too bad. Glad to be here on a holiday occasion, holiday weekend, well, the end of a holiday weekend, and and back into the real world, but... Very much enjoyed this episode. I can't wait to talk it out. So did you have a good Christmas? Let me ask this before we move on. Yeah, it, was, it was good, man. You know, uh, I went as I expected. Not, nothing too crazy, but, you know, very much enjoyed it. Always good to catch up with family and friends and have some good food as well. So, yeah. Indeed, indeed. I'm glad you ate well. That is very always a very important part. And what is a very important part of discussing who? Welcoming back none other than Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? Fantastic. Just absolutely, absolutely fantastic. So, I don't have my uh, uh, force and mass canceling gloves, but uh, like like Mister Brown, but I'm I'm still I'm hanging in there. <laughs> we all can dream. We all can dream, man. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Not everybody can have them. <laughs> well, when good Grace deal. is in the chat, so good to see you. When Grace, indeed. good to see you. Yes, indeed. And hope you also had an awesome, awesome Christmas. And Lee, how did you have? What was your Christmas? It was very quiet and uh, focused mostly on my lovely wife and me. And uh, that's that's what I wanted for Christmas. Ah, so, awesome. Nice. Yep. That's all right then, man. That's well, all that's right all right then. then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clarence's little one is not yet at the. Uh, uh, package mangling stage yet so uh yeah yeah not Something quite to look but, forward to yeah well you know she got some pretty good gifts in there but you know not not so much ripping it apart it's more like okay. oh let's let's help her here and there and yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> good times though good times Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am glad to be here. Glad uh, to have everyone again in the chat. And I had a good Christmas as well. Um, Doctor Who returned to Christmas Day. Woohoo. I had some things I was saving for Christmas. I'll just briefly mention them. There was a Christmas episode of Vera. There was a Christmas episode of Beyond Paradise. There was a Christmas episode coming, I believe, in two days or if by this time, maybe one more day of death in paradise. So I can't wait to see that. So a lot of paradise things, but we are in paradise because we are talking Doctor Who. So I just want to say before we move on, if you have not seen The Church on Ruby Road, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? Well, spoilers. And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review the church on Ruby Road. This is the 2023 Doctor Who Christmas special, first airing slash streaming on the 25th of December, 2023. It starred Shuti Gatwa as the 15th Doctor and introduced Millie Gibson as Ruby Sunday. I must comment on the mavity of this episode. It is as, as it is the first Doctor Who Christmas special since Twice Upon a Time on the 25th of December, 2017. It had an overnight viewing of 8.9 million, making it the highest rated Doctor Who Christmas special since 2010. And finally, according to Rotten Tomatoes, it has an overall 95% approval rating. Question, gentlemen, summary view. Lee Shackford, I'll start with you. What say ye? Summary oh, view. Doctor Who is back for Christmas. How about that? I like it. Clarence Brown, what say ye? Oh, man, the, the tapestry of Ruby Sunday. That's what I'll say. And mm. um, really enjoyed the episode. Uh, some things I had questions about, but second viewing, I think it really, really started to stick to me even more. Uh, production levels, writing for the most part. Um, yeah, I love this episode. What about you, man? Mm. I think I want to say, you know, I always 
kind of fall right there with you guys, and I agree. But I think, Lee, I love what you said. Doctor Who is back for Christmas. <laughs> Where it belongs, all hail the power of RTD. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's not a January 1 episode. It is Christmas. <laughs> it deserves to be on Christmas. It it just needs to be on Christmas. And this was an awesome Christmas episode. I, I really have no problem with it, but I want to get into it. So introductory scenes, we see the start of Ruby's story at the very beginning with this scene right before the opening credits, which are still beautiful, even though they didn't change it. I was kind of wondering if they were going to change it, but they didn't. I'm cool with that. No problem with that. But we see Ruby's introduction and we see Ruby having this exposition of her life with this TV host by the name of Davina or Davina McCall. I hope I uh, pronounce her name correctly. Clarence, what were your thoughts on this exposition of how they introduced Ruby? So I feel kind of dumb because I didn't put Ruby Sunday together with Ruby road I guess I should have known there was some connection there from the very beginning, but I guess I hadn't really thought about it too much, but, but yeah, excellent introduction. We get her kind of her brief, brief backstory, excuse me, through this interview, uh, kind of those shows where they trace down your heritage <laughs> in this mm -hmm. in this case, finding who her parents are, which we find out that's one of the big mysteries that we're going to be getting into this season. But yeah, great way to introduce this character and you know from from all accounts early on i love i'm loving millie gibson in the role so yeah lee what say you what were your thoughts on this introduction uh it's a great expositional tool isn't it for getting us her backstory in a way that makes perfect sense to the yeah. story you we're doing a show about her we have to we have to talk about uh, you know, her origin story um and as somebody who has adopted a child, I, I, there was a part of me that said, well, well, you, not everybody wants to be tracked down by their, you know, mm. and then, uh, and then the host made a point of saying that. And so I really appreciated it. It's like, she said, no, you do understand right up front, you know, that if we find somebody that they have the option to say no, mm. said, thank you. That's a little touch of uh, real world um, uh, guidance there. So mm. I, Nice. And, you know, I think it, you know, once again, I think, you know, we can pick apart writing as we want to, you know, we can say that there were th some things that may have fallen flat and there were some things that wouldn't. But I think this is where RTD excels at is showcasing things that don't often get showcased, like foster families, the importance of having someone as a foster mother or foster father mm -hmm. and, and how you have the family you are born into. And then you have the family that you are made, you know, that you make. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's marrying and creating your own family or, and having children or whether it's creating your own family, there are still families, whether they're blood or not. And I loved how, they wove this into the tapestry of this story. Yeah. But it's a great but, point. It, yeah. I mean, I have to say, I feel dumb on this point because I thought foundling was a term that was unique to the Mandalorian. <laughs> so when they said foundling, I'm like, what? 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 You can't say that. <laughs> yeah. No. <But> if, that, <laughs> that's been around a while. <laughs> Well, I want to welcome uh, someone else that is joining or has not joining us in the chat, has joined us in the chat, Tasha from After the Snap Movies and TV. She has been on Discussing Trek, and she is a Star Trek and Doctor Who fan. So, Tasha, welcome. Glad to have you in the chat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, gentlemen, I want to ask you guys, speaking of tapestry, we get into language and we see the doctor learning a different language, the language of ropes and the language of luck. What were your thoughts of 
the way Shuti's 15th Doctor explored things. And did he show his intelligence? Did he not show his intelligence? Lee, I'll start with you. What was your thoughts on how he interpreted finding out about things and how he interpreted oh. things that was going on? Well, it's he has great intelligence. Did I say great intelligence? I don't know. Um, no. <laughs> No, we, we, we know things, there are things that we expect about the doctor and he's got to be the smartest person in the room. And we, we saw that again and again, uh, right up front. And so I said, we're back on board. This is the doctor. Thank goodness. And he's also curious and always wants to know more as much as he knows. And so that was really exciting to me is his curiosity. It's it, for Star Trek fans. This has got to make you think of Darmok a little bit that, he has the TARDIS, you know, matrix going in his head so he can understand every language. But what if that's not enough? What mm -hmm. if there's a language that you encounter that is, you can understand the words, but maybe you don't know what they mean. And so that's what he's unpacking here. And I thought that was, that was really exciting to, to, to watch and listen to. What about you? Mm. Clarence, what do you think? Uh, for me, it was getting back to, sort of this real-time analysis breakdown of how the doctor is thinking and feeling and breaking down a problem. I think this language of, or the, and this vocabulary of, is something we're going to keep hearing from this doctor. At least I hope it's something we're going to keep hearing as he kind of sees something new and different and he mm -hmm. um, kind of tries to frame it and analyze it and dissect it. I thought yeah. that was very interesting and it sounds like it's going to be sort of his tagline, so I hope to hear more of that. Mm. You know, I noticed that there is a tagline that he is picking up Geronimo, you know, for one, Alon Z for another, but he's picking up ta da. You know, that mm. seems to didn't even notice because he yeah. did that at least once or twice in this episode. And we know that he did that when he duplicated the TARDIS spoilers in the previous episode. So, and always post regeneration, we're wondering how much does this doctor remember about being these other lives. So it's really nice that that, uh, you know, that we're, 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 we're pegging down the corners of that uh, right up front. So, you know, and Tasha says in the chat, she loves that Mavity is ongoing. I do too, because it gives me a joke that I can make Clarence go, Oh God about. So yes, I, I like that too, but I love the fact that it was something that happened and the doctor doesn't realize it happened. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> That's fun. feel oh, like he's yeah. doing like, oh, look at me. I'm saying a word. No, it's part of the tapestry, you know, going forward. No, I'll, I'll, I'll step in Clarence's place and say, oh, God, <laughs> God. because I hate, 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 like the Grinch hates Christmas, the Mavity thing. I, no, I just think it's stupid. And, mm. and I'll, yep. That's because you That's, don't appreciate it. That's the hill I'm going to die on. I understand the gravity. Gravitas is a term in Latin that <laughs> Isaac Newton knew. The whole scientific <laughs> world knows what gravity was before he. <laughs> and also, I think it's a it's something for new people who are new to Doctor Who coming in with this new season one that's coming up. We'll talk about that later, probably. That's right. <laughs> but, but, you know. It, in the specials is a very simple example of what the doctor does by going in the past and he can change something that affects the future. So if you saw the specials, you knew the doctor, doctor who you can be like, Oh, this could get serious. If you know, that's what that is. something mm. bad really happens. We get it again in this episode with, mm. with Ruby, of course. So let me ask you guys a question. And this is actually something that I had on my second page of notes, but I think it's appropriate for here, which is, if you look at RTD1, and I'm talking about the episode Rose, the first introduction to a new generation, to a new audience in many ways of Doctor Who, and you see the Doctor, and you see the mindset that the Doctor is in, and you see the church on Ruby Road, because even though this Doctor was introduced in the previous you know, 60th anniversary special— Theoretically, I think you could pick up without seeing that and, and, you know, not need that. Yes, it adds to it, but I think you could pick up here not needing, you know, what came, you know, in that 60th ep episode. But my question is, do you see the doctor presented differently 
are the same way in this episode and in Rose. And Clarence, I think you were about to say something, so I'll point this to you first. Uh, Differently or the same as in Rose? You're talking about as far as the introduction goes? Yeah, like, is he... In how he is presented, because I have an opinion, but I want to know what you guys think. I, I think there may be a little bit of that franticness we get. The doctor and Rose is there in the factory and and running around at the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, and all is all of a sudden they're sprung on this prop with this problem, and Rose is in the middle of it. So we kind of get the same thing here with Ruby as well, uh, maybe affecting Ruby a little bit more directly <laughs> than it did Rose. Uh, but 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 yeah, I think if I was to equate it to that initial episode of, of New Who, I would say the franticness of, of the Doctor mm-hmm. or the Doctor and the Companion in this case. All right. Lee, yeah. what do you say? Yeah, I think that's the way to think of it is that we get right into the action. If there's a difference, you know, like we will remember the night Doctor saying, you know, it just takes her hand and says run. Yeah. You know, and, and they never slow down after that. And the same kind of thing happens with Ruby, but there is the earlier introduction of him being there when she's about to fall down, have something land on her, whatever. So he, we, we, we walk up to it with a little bit more um, <laughs> preamble this time. It's uh, um, she at least gets to, to meet him, to see his face before uh, they're off, um, hanging onto a rope ladder. Um, mm. So there's a little bit of that, but I, I wanted to jump back very quickly to your, your, your point about this being for a lot of people, this is going to be their introduction to this doctor. And I think it really works. And I feel sure that's deliberate that everybody on this team has said, okay, what if people are going to say, I didn't want to see that other stuff, but I'm going to start on Christmas day. So yeah. Um, I think it's why the last line of this is I'm the doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I, uh, and, and I want to make a comment of what Wingray said in the chat. He says, Mm -hmm. I think the mysterious nature of the doctor wasn't as dialed up in this episode, but it was reminiscent in the execution a bit. And Mm -hmm. I agree with that because that's actually the point that I was going to make Uh, with the ninth doctor. I think you got a much sadder doctor. You know, he introduces himself as I'm the last of the Time Lords. Mm -hmm. And in this incarnation, he still is in the 15th for all intents and purposes, for all he knows. For all we know, he's still the last of the Time Lords. (laughs) At wibbly wobbly timey wimey, I guess, maybe. But I love the fact, and I'm sure it could be, you know, you're going to have a section of the fandom that would not like the scene that I'm about to talk about, but I loved seeing the doctor dance. I loved seeing the doctor (laughs) having fun, you know, because I don't think we often see a, the doctor actually having a fun, you know, it's always the weight of the world on the doctor. Mm. And yes, we know why he doesn't have the weight of the world from the last episode, but you don't need to know that to know that he was having fun. And yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. Thoughts. Yeah. With the ninth doctor, it was a question. Does the doctor dance? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've dispensed with that one right away. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So, so I want to go on to the intelligent gloves and Clarence. Again, I'm, I feel like I'm pointing <laughs> to you, but since you're wearing He's gloves, got gloves. Yeah. I got to ask, what did you think about the gloves? Uh, brilliant. And uh, just to go into like the way he, I don't know if it made a lot of sense, but you know, explaining how the intelligence gloves worked by, um, you know, making you heavier or lighter. Um, explaining, he also explained how the uh, sonic screwdriver works as well. So I'm liking that we're seeing new gadgets early on. We're seeing the new Sonic uh, explaining how some of these things work. I hope we continue to get stuff like that from this doctor because mm-hmm. I like, you know, we got the what was it, the 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 mall when he, you know, that TARDIS scene you were talking about. <laughs> he pulled that out of nowhere. So maybe yeah. he's the gadget doctor. I don't know, but I, I really love the gloves, man, and. You know, coming to a store near you. Lee, thoughts? <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <Sorry. That, laughs> no, we, we, we got to generate some merch here, right? He's introduced <laughs> to something new in every episode. That's a, you know, 
Um, <laughs> uh, why do you think uh, the Iron Man armor keeps changing every time we see it? We gotta sell some action figures here. Um, yeah, it's funny. We were just talking recently about our regrets to some degree about um, uh, the 13th Doctor and that we really liked when she put the goggles on and, you know, hot up a, a, a settling torch. Um, maybe this, maybe now we're going to get that Doctor. We're going to get the uh, the steampunk. I'll just make one kind of mm. doctor, and uh, I'm all I'm all I'm I'm here for it. So, you know, and I hope I am pronouncing this name correctly from the, the chat. And I'm apologizing in advance if I'm not. But Lei Jen uh, says the glo- the gloves are reminiscent, reminiscent, excuse me, of MI4. I kind of yeah. like that. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Uh, Wingrace also says it makes sense for him to have these gadgets. He stopped running and uh, slowed down enough to plant ahead. Mm. So, that's interesting. And here's a good point. Here's another thing about, Hmm. you know, in the real world, quote unquote, implications, those gloves for cosplayers would be easily to create, be able to create, just get some black gloves and you wouldn't even have to get the lights. You could get some either glitter or some kind of something that's gold. Or something yeah, yeah. Just something, but easily done as cosplayer. So I think it made again, accessible for, um, you know, easily, you know, anything that makes Dr. Who accessible is awesome. And I, and that's what I really that's loved right. about him. Yeah. So let's get into the goblins. I loved the goblins, even though I didn't love them as much after the end of the episode. The goblins and the goblin song. Lee, I'll start with you. Thoughts about the goblins <laughs> in general and the goblin song. I've, I've been on uh, adventures of my own this week, and so I have not been hunkered down with the, the song or you know any of the, you know, I missed a week of conversation with you guys on Discord because I've been off doing my own thing. So I experienced the Goblins and the Goblin song for the first time in watching this show uh, yesterday. So, um, so I got uh, the the uh, the coming in cold experience, and that just what a lot of fun and, and how well executed. Just sort of technically, it's just it's just a, a brilliant thing. And uh, we had just been talking after one of our. Um, Discussing Trek episodes about one day they might do a Doctor Who musical. <laughs> oh boy! Oh and boy. we got the Doctor and the companions singing with the goblins. So, bucket list achieved. All right. Before I move on to Clarence, did yeah. you like having the goblin uh, follow up with the Doctor and Ruby singing? Did you like that? I did. Yeah. No, I thought that that whole thing was hilarious. It doesn't make any sense, but it's Christmas. Okay. And that's all right then. That's all right, that's all right then. then. <laughs> All so, right, so <laughs> Clarence. Yes, Wendy's is saying reminds. Got to remind you of Time Bandits and Labyrinth. I thought the same thing. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. Um. Uh, well, I'll get to the Goblin specifically, but on the song, I'll address that first. I I loved it when the Goblins were actually singing. I'm like, okay, this is their thing. This is their celebration. They're into it. I'm buying it. But oh man, when when uh, Millie and, and Shooty started singing, I was like, oh my god, really? <laughs> this is now a fantasy. Um, the sci-fi aspect has been pushed back a little bit, which is fine. Which is fine. I kind of realized there. Uh, we all realize there are a lot of fantastical, whimsy aspects in Doctor Who, so I was fine with it. But man, it really kind of threw me out of it a little bit. So, um, but yeah, well, well done though. Very well executed. I was not expecting the two of them to sing. I was Uh-oh. amazed, and no offense to her, but he yeah. has an awesome voice. Of course. You know, he did an awesome, awesome job. I mean, I, I would be happy to hear an entire song by him. But speaking of the Goblin song, I do know it was released on iTunes, and I think specifically in the UK, I'm not sure anywhere else, but I think it beat Mariah Scary as the top of the Christmas charts, um, you know, for when it was released. But when we were watching it at home, I, I, I like, waited all week, not even saying anything about the song. So when we were watching it <laughs> and it comes on and I'm sitting there singing it with it, it was like, what the hell? Yeah. How do you know the How words? How do you know this? this and it's just <laughs> now coming on? 
So that that was awesome. Yeah, and can we point out um Tasha mentions it in the in the chat, but they were very reminiscent of the gremlins. Um that's what I kind of thought too from the goblins. And let me just say the the technical brilliance of this episode I thought was off the charts. Mm-hmm. Everything just looked beautiful. I mean, it's as unbelievable as goblins running around in a flying uh pirate ship are. Yeah. I just it all looked great like it could have been on the movie screen. So I just thought mm-hmm. the what the way they executed the episode was was just brilliant. I mean the goblins uh, that seemed like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they yeah. just executed flawlessly. Yeah. And you know, even the scenes that were not up in the sky, you know, the the scenes of the church, the scenes of Ruby getting off the bus or the um snowman falling on the doctor you know even all of that seemed as far as budget wise seemed so much more vibrant so much prettier so much whatever word you want to use insert in there just just looked awesome i'm glad you mentioned the snowman because i wanted to say that that the the first christmas specials established sort of a a pattern or uh, there, there's an idea that we had to keep coming back to that it was going to be something that familiar that you love from Christmas, except now it's going to kill you. And uh, so we had killer Christmas tree. We had, you know, killer robot Santas. We had, you know, and, and, and I was missing that. So uh, up until the point where the snowman fell on him, I said, thank you. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> we ticked that box so we can move on. So to me, it's not a, a Doctor Who Christmas special without that. So. Mm. <laughs> Well, you know, I I will take it, but I will slant what you just said ever so slightly with RTD. So we've had Killer Snowman before and uh, the Snowman. However, RTD loves taking something commercialized from Christmas and making it killer. Hence the uh, Snowman decoration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I think was even more brilliant. Well, I'm, yeah. also the Christmas that's tree that, that fell on almost fell on Davina. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Well, it did. Well, it did. Yeah. It did. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so let's. A good point, though. Very good point. So let's go on a little bit further up. Let's talk a little bit about the mom and the grandmom. And uh, Lee, I'll point this one to you first. Any thoughts in particular about mom and grandma? Carla and Cherry were their names. Yes, she's Cherry Sunday. I just... <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Just, just, I love it, yeah. Um, yeah, I think for story purposes, by the time Ruby disappears, we really, really have to love them. You know, we got to love her mother and her grandmother. And we just see the love that they all have for each other and the open heartedness of constantly taking in uh, to welcoming strangers um, because you might entertain an angel. Mm. Um, I, I just, I just was so on board with them. And I think that's really, that's just really good writing. You, we cared about them deeply, very quickly. And so then when we see the refrigerator and the little photographs aren't there. It's like a punch in the stomach. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's great. That's exactly that they serve all the, the story purposes that they're supposed to. And the performances are great. Mm. So yeah, you just, you can't not be on board with them. And um, since this is a rare case, maybe unique in that the companion uh, encountered in the doctor who Christmas special is actually going to become the companion going forward. Mm, very. Um, I mean, when it happened with Donna Noble, that wasn't the original plan. So. No, it wasn't. Absolutely yeah, so, wasn't. So I think this is the first time that we've had somebody from the Christmas special going forward. That means we're going to get um, mother and grandmother from time to time as well. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'm, all, I'm all for it. So technically, you could say Clara, but that wasn't the same Clara. Spoilers. I guess. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as much as Clarence would probably wish it were, but it wasn't the same Clara. Well, we don't. Yeah. So Clarence, what did you think <laughs> of mom and grandma? I think this falls falls right in the line of, of lovable companion parents. <laughs> um definitely. I think even if I have to think back on New Who, maybe the most I ain't gonna say likable, but the most forgettable 
parent group might be uh Yaz's parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. but yeah, this this is right in line with lovable companion parents. Like Lee said, you really really have to, you know, have a heart for what's going on with 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 Carla when we see the tapestry unfold and just the absence of, of Ruby now makes her life very sad and you know especially impacting those those kids that are on the wall that aren't there anymore Mm -hmm. and it just kind of lets you show how one good thing can can set you off in the right direction so that's right yeah really felt for that family also liked how carla is on to the retro trick retro tech train (laughs) with the polaroid so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you wait long enough to become popular again (laughs) So I want to bring in a few uh, comments from Jamie in the chat. Uh, He says that uh, he, let's see, he said that RTD has stated that creating a companion family is one of his niches, and I agree with that, and I believe that is 100% true. Uh, Lei Jen says, uh, love the mom and grandmom so much, they felt like new who companion families wrapped up in one in uh, one in them. I agree mm. with that. One thing that I did notice, which I thought was quite interesting, was you had um, the introduction of the grandma parallel a little bit to the introduction to the mom for um, Rose, which of course, you know, is Jackie Tyler. You had a little bit more antagonistic between Ninth Doctor and Jackie in that introduction, I'm in my <laughs> nightgown, you know, comment. But you still had that cheeky banter back and forth between Grandma and the Doctor, which he killed it, she killed it. Awesome, awesome scene. Yeah. So um, I did like about the family as we move into another part of the conversation, how it paralleled with the doctor being an orphan, yes, she being an orphan, and yep. then the impact of one person being that gone. they could have. Yeah. I loved how that was done. Clarence, what what did you think of how things changed when Ruby disappeared? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying, seeing how, um, like I just mentioned before, seeing how it impacted her family, how those pictures were not on the wall, and and how the mother was just like a shell of what she was when when her uh orphan's now adopted daughter brought life into her family mm-hmm. uh so yeah just just a stark difference there and again you got to relate that on how it impacts the doctor what if the doctor wasn't there how would the world be different and you know the fact that we mentioned up top that he's a foundling as well he's he's an orphan um you know, and, and it seems like if you want to bring out one maybe brooding thing that, you know, we mentioned from the doctor um, in in the ninth doctor in his memory, maybe this is going to be something for for this doctor. You know, the continued thing of like, what is my true origin, which, you know, like I can say if you're going to take that story and do something with it, I think this is a good way to push it. And hopefully we get some revelations in that aspect. All right, Lee, what say you? Yeah, all the same, and it's it is interesting to to start the doctor and the new the new doctor and a new companion off, in some ways on the same foot. That that neither of them, that both of them have a mystery of where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jamie, whose whose gender we're we're presuming, I don't know. <laughs> you said he, and I, I did. anyway. Oh, um, yeah, I, I I believe I've seen that from from comments on Facebook, okay. so I didn't just assume. I have learned. I think I'm right, Jamie. Tell me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Yes, yes. Please correct us here. Anyway, um, Jamie asks, "Have we seen the stills where Baby Ruby's being taken to the church, and the person carrying her looks like they're wearing the Thirteenth Doctor's shoes?" Mm. Um, I, I had not, but uh, okay, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be Uh, cool. Very interesting, but yeah. um, So. And we'll get to Mrs. Flood in a few minutes. Yes. Well, let me say this. I hope that's not right. Been there, done that. Uh, I, I, 
I been there, done that. There when is do we a do part. That there, look, there is a part of me. <laughs> you don't want to see the thirteen. Let's be honest. Here. Let, okay, <laughs> all right. Let me let me just say let me just say this. There is a part of me and in, in, in some faction of my mind that is curious as to what the thirteenth would be on an episode written by RTD. Yes. Ooh, so I, there, yeah. that being said, fifteen is here. 13 is gone. The shoes are a coincidence. And the and you know what happens to coincidences? They get eaten by goblins. There you go. <laughs> and and it, it's not like those are particularly unique shoes either, right? Yeah. You know, I, 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 was, I was thinking the walk reminded me of Amy a little bit, but I need to go back and watch it again. I don't know. Maybe there's not enough there to, to devise anything. <laughs> so... Well, yeah. Okay. No, I, no, no, no. Go ahead, please. I know I was about to talk about something that I'm sure chronologically is later. I just, yeah. All right. So let me ask you a question. So the doctor goes back and he realizes what's happening. He goes back. We see the gloves again and they're brilliant. Says the doctor brings down the house literally with uh, our friends, the goblins, and the impaling of the. Uh, Goblin King, as we see happen. My question to you guys is this, and I am wondering if this is where you were going, Lee, is why do we think the doctor did not stop the mom and find out who the mom was? That's That was my question exactly. Okay, so answer he, thy question. Well, he... I, li- I love the way that he played it physically. He he moved in that direction and stopped himself and then mm. kind of backpedaled toward the TARDIS. Like, no, no. Mm. And I thought that's a decision. That's not, he's letting her go. Why? And I, I think that's intriguing. Okay. Clarence, what do you think? I'm, I'm right there with Lee. I mean, uh, of course the thing we would want the doctor to do is go and see who it is, but mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely something we're going to revisit. And as far as setting up a mystery for uh, season one that's coming up, I think it's a good one. Okay. So on my first watch through, I was like, why didn't he? My second watch through, I was like, had he, would that have erased Ruby Sunday? Uh, interesting. Meaning yeah. if he mm-hmm. would have found out who his who her mom was, would that have then... Had a cause and effect thing Mm -hmm. as potentially changing the ruby that disappeared, the ruby that we saw for the entirety of the episode. And nobody would know that better than him. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Someone in the chat has already mentioned Father's Day that this that this eerily parallels or is a mirror image of Father's Day, and and that would be you know that's reason enough for me to say you know what that's her mother. I'm not going anywhere near. Okay. Let's just, let's just mm. not. Yeah. So, uh, so speaking of father's day and a item chronologic, chronologically, canonana, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever word I'm whatever. supposed to use, Mavity. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but speaking of, you know, things that were established in previous episodes, I want to move on to Mrs. Flood. So, we we get this angry old lady at the beginning that seems to become a nice old lady at the end, per se, and then mm-hmm. is a oddly breaking the fourth wall of old lady with doesn't anybody recognize the TARDIS at the very 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 end? Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Mrs. Flood, Clarence? My guess, my best guess is that. It may be Missy or the master. Because um, obviously it seems like that person knows who the doctor is, or at least that's, that's what I gathered from it, um, even saying TARDIS. So, um, yeah, definitely somebody uh, that is, is very close to the doctor in some way. So who knows? Okay. Well, and Mrs. Late. Flood objected to the phone box being on the sidewalk next to her house to begin with. Correct. So Jamie's asking, wasn't there a female Time Lord? Yeah, we always are looking for Romana. So I would love it if somehow this turned out to be Romana, just 
because we keep saying, are we just going to let Romana leave her out there somewhere? So, yeah, she, who knows? She hasn't seen a police box in 50 years, I believe she says. That's episode. what she said. So, right? I'm wondering if, if the Mrs. Flood at the beginning of this episode and the one at the end is the same person. Interesting. Because, you know, and when Grace did say, didn't she say, I haven't seen one of these in 50 years? Right. I think that is a clue. Uh, you know, we, if we go back and we use the Star Beast as any indication, the Rose reveal was laid out in the episode. You know, you go back after you realize, and that's one thing that RTD is, go back to RTD version one, his first era, and a lot of the things that he laid out were laid out in front of us. We just didn't see it sprinkled until we got the revelation at the end case in point harold saxon you know without without spoiling harold saxon could it be um you know there's a comment that says i don't think that the first mrs flood and the last are the same i agree with that or could the change in time have impacted her oh oh that's interesting it's kind of like the salt at the end of the universe. That if once we, once you crack their house open, then maybe it lets something, something in. I wonder. This crack. Okay, you mentioned crack. Yeah. Th- this, this crack is. Do we think that's any way tying into uh, Matt Smith's doctor at all, or is it just like? I don't think so. But I, because <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't think that until I just said the word crack out loud. But um, I did sort of wonder. There's got to be a way to fix this, isn't there? I mean, we're just going to leave it like that. But uh, I, I took it sort of as they crack time. But then if they crack time, why didn't the crack correct again? Because he was happy that the crack returned. So yeah. that Maybe just well. didn't quite make Maybe, sense to yeah. me. I see. But yeah, it's there she is. Um <laughs> I was I was about to say somebody who was it and then I remembered it was Kyle it was you <laughs> said on social media early today maybe that's um, mm. hold, hold hold that thought hold that thought and I don't think you said it yet but I have seen let me let me put 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 out some names that I have seen as who she may be yeah. River mm-hmm. I don't think so right. Susan I don't think. It should be if Carol Ann Ford is still alive, you know, and she well, that's is, true as I of really this recording. Do. Exactly. Uh, the me. Ronnie. I, mm-hmm. Interesting. Possible. Missy. Possibly. I've not seen Romana until our chat in this conversation mm-hmm. that we've had, you know, in the last 15 minutes. But here's who I think it might be. And this is where you were about to go, Lee, which is. What if it's Ruby? You said it. Ah, yeah. Well, what if it's Ruby? Well, and my ancillary question is, what if that's who leaves the baby at the church? Mm. Okay. Now my brain hurts. (sighs) I I, I love, I I love a paradox. What if Ruby's the one who left her baby? And she created herself. Right. Hey, where did, uh, where did Captain Kirk's uh, bifocals come from? Mm. Do you remember Dr. McCoy gives them to him as a present in Wrath of Khan and he sells them to an antique store in uh, Star Trek four. So where do they come from? Mm. And, you know, time travel stories, we, we, we often get paradoxes like that. Uh, the film uh, somewhere in time, you know, ha- has a, a pocket watch that comes from nowhere. This will discover as the thing comes along. So it would be interesting. Maybe the mystery about Ruby is that she doesn't come from anywhere. Mm. there isn't an answer to that i I don't know i don't Mm. know (laughs) hey you're the writer here man come on come on by the way this is a sidebar but you know uh, if you know anything about uh, quantum mechanics and i'm not acting like i do i I just know you know sort of layman terms but uh uh i just saw it posited last week by one of my uh brainy nerd friends that um santa claus is composed of um uh, these theoretical particles because um, <laughs> they can't be observed directly and they can be in more than one place at a time. Mm. 
And I said, my God, that explains everything. <laughs> anyway. Hey, mm. Cal, can we pick up Wingrace's comment there? <laughs> yes, indeed. About the flood. Go ahead and read it out if you don't mind. Oh, uh, yeah. Where he's saying, I personally think flood might be a clue. She's part of a flood of things that spilled into the universe when the doctor invoked myths at the edge of creation. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I like that. Flood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I And I like making people's brain hurt. <laughs> that's yeah. good. Because yeah. Jamie says, now my brain hurts. Well, that's welcome to the world of Doctor Who. There you go. Um, yeah. You know, I, I like the idea that um, it's Ruby. I I don't want it to be just something boring and and if it's rtd it's not going to be boring but um you know <laughs> in my opinion you know, i'm not saying he's all hell the rtd he's, in he's my not opinion. he's he's, in, he's not incapable of but um for the most but, but still what is she doing there what, what's why is she there is you she know? pushing herself to where she creates herself mm-hmm. she, she's apparently been a family friend for years mm. So she's been an influence on Ruby growing up. Mm. Or going it at a completely different direction out of all the names that it would be cool for it, this person to be knowing the character of the Ronnie, it would make more sense. But, and, and you brought the perfect reason for it to be the Ronnie Lee is if she's been there observing all these years, this is an experiment for her creating a companion, creating the perfect companion, and then having that perfect companion be the, you know, she basically puts the companion with the doctor because she basically says, go on in, Ruby. You know, good luck, Ruby. There's where you need to go. Yeah. You know, Mm. she pushes her in that direction. Mm. Well, that's the River Song story too, though. That true. Um, One thing I I do want to say. Spoilers before we move on that I do want to say, this is a rewriting of a, an idea that in my opinion, RTD had that he did not use in the first series back in 2005 was when the ninth doctor went back and basically followed Rose's life. And oh, yeah. was, you remember that? And it right. was a story that he didn't use because he, yeah. he didn't like the tone of it. This we, are, we all said similar grooming. Yeah. yeah, grooming, grooming, and it was kind of creepy. Yeah. Right. You know, this didn't come across as creepy to me. You know, no. he saved no. the baby. It wasn't he groomed the baby, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, so gentlemen, before we get into our finals, we are in uh, 48 minutes into our discussion. Are there any other topics, good or bad, that you would like to bring up before we get into our favorites. So Lee, I'll start with you. Any other topics? I'm curious to know from everybody, because to me, it's just good writing. It's good. Doctor who the doctor has got to be ahead of us. We, we can't be saying doctor, wake up. Don't you know what's happening? And as soon as we saw that Ruby had disappeared, I out in the audience said, the goblins took her back in time. They've eaten Ruby. Yeah. I mean, like that and so i was getting impatient with him and to me it's the only writing flaw in in this or that it's a big one i just thought what's happening here (laughs) because either i'm way wrong and then when he got to it we were thinking the same thing but hello so anybody Hmm. else what did what what were your thoughts about that guys yeah Hmm. i'm I'm wondering if if it was meant to just show the impact of of um what's her name carla's life when when ruby's not there i wouldn't uh, have wanted to skip past that that's true. right yeah I, yeah but I, i'm with you i was like oh yeah 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 <laughs> i i'm i'm totally agreeing with you because i was also wondering why didn't the doctor see it a little bit but i think having him in the same location as 
you know, he needed to be able to run out into the hall and leave and be, and then come back in yeah. order for us, the audience to have that. Ooh, the walls are different. Ooh, very exciting. Yeah. you know, you couldn't have had that moment if all of a sudden, well, you could have if he, but he would have had to have purposely gone, I think, and looked in the kitchen and said something about the walls. And I, I think it was a decision of show, don't tell, mm -hmm. you know, and we've, you know, we've said that before. We like to be shown things, not yes. told things, right. but we, mm -hmm. in order to be able to show, not tell in this situation, mm -hmm. I think you had to have the, the doctor to be a little bit slow on the uptake in order to be able to show. So I yeah, think right. you had to sacrifice well, something. Yeah, he's, that's right. It, it's, it's all about striking a balance. And I just felt the balance was, was off, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, it gave the, the actor who plays uh, Carla a chance to play basically two different characters Yes, that we saw. Cool. We saw the woman who never knew Ruby and it. Yeah. And even the terrible. grandmother of uh, Cherry, you know, her portrayal of, just that despondent, yeah, she's you know, not even sitting up now. Yes, you know, and even the look of her and the the colorization of her room That's and true. the clothes <laughs> and the uh, blankets, everything was drab and gray compared to vibrant and alive previously. They were able to make it. It's a wonderful life, weren't they? Just yeah, in that, yeah. Nice. Uh, kudos real quick before we move on when we're, since we were talking about that, uh, um, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Yeah. And you know, the, both of them played that the doctor, you know, Shuti played it awesomely as well as this actor who played the mom, Carla, pl you know, played that really, really awesomely. We don't get the doctor crying that often. No, we don't. And um, he did an awesome job at crying. So, yeah. all right, Clarence Brown, any other thoughts from you, good or bad, before we move on? Uh, so I didn't know this, but apparently the lady who played Davina McCall is Davina McCall in real life. And she was in the Bad Wolf episode playing the Davina droid. Yes. Um, oh, that's right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess people in the UK are more familiar with this that's actor true. than we would be over here. She, but that's she cool is thing. a presenter, a la so, someone that's on every game show over here. Mm -hmm. She she's been in like The Biggest Loser. She's done this uh, Tell Me Me or something to that effect. She's done um, Big Brother, all these different things for Channel Four, ITV. So she's well well known as a. TV host or presenter in the UK. And, and briefly, I'll also add that I had to look up the term pram, which is commonly called a stroller in the U S yes. ah. short, short for perambulator. perambulator. Just means take something for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite words that, that kind of broke my brain that they say in the UK that we have over here, just not said the same is mm. aluminium, mm -hmm. uh, otherwise known as aluminum. Ooh, I fought with somebody about that and I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> aluminium. Yeah. I'll never forget that. No, the one that always gets me is pants, because if I tell people I've, I've got my pants on, they'll go, whoa. I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was because I got I your pants shoot, on, what, and then you the have your trousers. Behind, yeah, the shooty behind the scenes was talking about he had to wear his his pants. I'm like what? Those those are uh, yeah. whitey uh, tidy whiteies. Yeah, those are pants. But yeah, of course, uh, lost in translation. <laughs> the language of the UK. Exactly. Well, George Bernard Shaw said we're two countries divided by a common language. <laughs> that is so true. So true. All right. So, any other uh, things before uh, Clarence? Was that all of yours? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. You sure? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. All right. So, let's get into our favorite scene. Favorite scene. I'll start with this one since I don't have our names listed. Sure. Favorite scene The Doctor Dances. I loved it. I hands down loved the energy. It got me in a good mood starting. And let me just say, without a doubt, I am quickly 
thinking that this is going to become one of my all-time favorite doctors. I'm just saying it from the very beginning. I may hate him at the end of season one, but in my two appearances that I've seen of him, he is quickly becoming solidified as one of my all-time favorites. So the Dr. Dance's favorite scene for me, Clarence Brown, what say you? Uh, my favorite scene is going to be pulling down the ship with the intelligence gloves. You know, the mavity of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Got us a little action. Got got some action from Shooty in this episode. You know, jumping onto the ladder and also yeah. pulling it down, pulling the whole ship down. So it's pretty cool stuff. Some full on parkour going over the tops of the buildings. There, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's fit, this doctor. Good deal. Oh, and real quick, before I move on to you, Lee, for everyone in the chat, we are coming up on our final rating, one to five of whatever Time Lordian or episode (laughs) thing that you want to make it. So go ahead and start listing your review ratings in the chat, and we will include those when we get to them but favorite scene lee shackleford what was yours uh, i maybe i'm nuts but um i love to the doctor and ruby singing with the goblins i <laughs> i know it doesn't make any sense but i just yeah i love that awesome all right so favorite quote i'm going to go in reverse order lee shackleford favorite quote I love this description and I love the way that the actor plays it. Ruby, when she's trying to describe the doctor, Mrs. Flood, did you see there was a man? He was about so high and amazing in a big leather coat. (laughs) It's just that's that her descriptor is amazing. I just, I just love it. (laughs) About so high and amazing. Uh See anybody like that? (laughs) All right. Clarence Brown, what say ye? I'm probably going to take cows on this one. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit of the night. <laughs> and it's going to be simply, I'm the doctor. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So my favorite quote was actually an exchange. I'm, so uh, I didn't take the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I, even though he did, I loved that ending, just FYI. Um, my favorite quote was him going, name, the doctor. Occupation, yeah. not a doctor. Employer, <laughs> myself address that blue box over there yeah mm. brilliant brilliant i love all variations of that anytime yes. it happens yeah. all right so <laughs> final rating clarence brown i'll start with you final rating hmm. i think i'm going to give this one 4.6 hot houdini summers out of five. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> interesting summer all right clarence brown what's the i mean no uh, <laughs> all right then. I, 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 yeah, oh, well that's yeah. all right that's, then that's... <laughs> all right you're back on again <laughs> lee shackleford i was stuck on the uh houdini summers um uh, uh lee shackleford What's i'm gonna you? go you a little i'm gonna go a little higher and give it 4.8 baby rubies Hmm. So I'm going to give it 4.8 as well, singing doctors out of five. <laughs> so I think it's universal. He sings, he dances. He sings, he dances, he doctors. But what does the chat say? And the chat says from Lei Jen, 4.5. From Jamie, four out of five falling snowmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from our friend Tasha, five out of five request for teas. Oh, I like that. You have to do to get a cup of tea in this. What place? do you have to do? <laughs> All right. And I'll add that when Grace says, speaking of time travel, how about how indignant he got when Ruby called the goblins time travelers? Oh, time travelers are. <laughs> they are, are not. The best. They're yeah. the best. They're awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, for everyone listening and watching, if you're listening, thank you for listening. One thing I forgot about, and Lee Shackelford, we're waiting until the end, but I want to ask the question. If someone is listening to us for the very first time, or if they're (laughs) listening and chatting with us, what do you always like to say? This is not an inappropriate time to say, because it's just thank you. 
We know you got other things you could be doing. It's a busy time of year, and you chose to spend this time with us. Thank you so very much. And Clarence Brown, if we have someone listening for the very first time or watching for the very first time, what would you like to tell them? Yeah, I'd like to tell them you can support the show by subscribing, leaving a review, and more importantly, telling a friend. If you have a review idea, please send that in along with anything else you want us to know to discussingwho at gmail.com or discussingwho on any and all social medias. And I'll also add real quick, if you didn't know, we do have a Patreon as well. And you can follow for free. You don't have to give anything. You can follow for free. So you can go ahead and follow us on Patreon. <laughs> if you want to throw us a coffee or two, feel free to do that as well. How about that? You remind me that another thing very quickly. I want to give a shout out for everybody that if you have not heard Kyle and Clarence's discussing Trek, where they wrapped up the year, the year in Trek, then drop what you're doing. Oh. Run over to that podcast and listen, because it's. I thought it was an outstanding uh, episode of discussing Trek. So thank you, yeah. sir. Well, yeah. always enjoy talking Trek with Clarence and, you know, our friend Larry, who is always on there with us as well. And mm-hmm. Tasha That's and Win Grace also join us very often in the chat. So, you know, love being uh, there for that as well. And I do believe for 2023, this will be the last time we will be together on Discussing Who for 2023, believe it or not. So thank you, everyone, for joining us for this episode. I look forward to May 2023 because that is when series, quote unquote, one returns. Just begins, begins, returns. Series one return. Yeah, I Mm. yeah. It can in the world of Doctor Who. Exactly. Wibbly-wobbly. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, or as Kyle has now captured and said from this point forward, well, that's (laughs) all right then. (laughs) And with that, everyone, we will see you next time in 2024. Good night. Good night, all.